Hey everyone, and welcome to the third episode of our weekly podcast, Extern Interact, where Polar, Ark, Sam, and Gap come to discuss this week's news in gaming and our main topic of the show, and then also our weekly segment of Game Pass or Play, where each of us play a random game available on Game Pass and give you our collective thoughts on whether you should pass or play it. Unfortunately, Sam isn't here this week, but we have his thoughts to read out for you in regards to the news. Uh, this week, our main topic is reminiscing on our oldest video game memories, and our Game Pass or Play game is Another Realms Injustice 2. But before that, let's talk about some news. news for the first, uh, yep. So the f- for the first uh, item we have in the news doc docket is uh, about E3. So according to uh, the ESA, uh, E3 is still going to be a free event this year. But before that, I just want to go to a, a report that came out earlier this week. Um, so according to Andy Robinson from Video Games Chronicle. The ESA had discussed some plans to lock some E3 content behind about a $35 paywall. Some of the items planned to be paywalled were on-demand game demos or some sort of premium package they were going to offer. Um, however, after Andy published that story, the ESA came out on Twitter right afterwards and confirmed that they weren't charging for E3 this year. I just wanted to ask you guys a question. How do you guys feel about a digital E3 that has um, exclusive content behind a paywall? Personally, I think it's a pretty bad idea. And I think that the ESA kind of shut down those rumors quickly so they can avoid getting any PR or getting any bad PR. Yeah, putting putting E3 content behind a paywall would have been just made dead on arrival. It's an absolutely laughable idea because E3 was struggling to survive in the first place back when the world wasn't trying to endure a pandemic. And so... The fact that they're, they're going to make their comeback this year with by putting potentially their the only noteworthy stuff behind a $35 paywall, that's just, that's a pretty stupid idea. It's a joke. I mean, it's a joke, right? You, they're, they're basically dead on arrival this year. I mean, they, unless they can get the big publishers, I just don't see the relevance of e3 right um yeah i know don't get me wrong i'm gonna watch but i watch all of the gaming stuff so yeah for me i never really paid attention to like the the quote-unquote like e3 shows i just mostly watched like the uh the big press conferences either like nintendo sony and microsoft um i didn't really watch the other stuff like the GameSpot stuff they did on stage or anything like that um, but yeah, $35 just to walk, like for a paywall for E3 would, I don't think it's a really good idea, especially now since like when all the developers and publishers are doing their own little show on the side where they realize they don't have to spend money to be at E3 now. I feel, I feel like the ESA is just, they're not, that's not the right move for them to do, especially this year. Yeah, I will give them the benefit of the doubt because this was this report based on some maybe some behind the scenes talks and you know when you're in a boardroom you're brainstorming and this could have just been one of the many ideas just thrown on the white wall the whiteboard sorry and maybe someone with someone that was a little too nosy caught that and decided to make that headline and write a whole story about it so it's certainly possible that this was like never even close to being a real thing. But as long as we're talking about hypotheticals, 
yeah um if e3 still wants to be around they need to be as accessible as possible they need to transition with the times they they, they were supposed to transition five years ago and covid was the slap in the face they needed to wake up and see the new modern world like conferences and big stage events like don't get me wrong they're still cool and i think i personally think they definitely still have a place in the world but especially since last year like everything is so different like the the gaming landscape is has changed and that means e3 has to change it's it's about adapting to the times Nintendo caught on pretty early. I think they were kind of the pioneers of that direct style thing. Um, as far as like big publishers, right? They they jumped ship and a lot of people started following suit. And I think it's about time E3 got with the times or, you know, just dissolves, at least in my opinion. Yeah, because like, like, like you were saying, Nintendo was the first one to jump ship, but I think it was EA... And then, now Sony, like, I think it was like two years ago, they say that they weren't going to be at E3 anymore, you know? Like, all, all these big publishers are, like, just dropping out when they realize they can do their own little events like Nintendo does with the directs. Now we have, like, Sony State of Play, they have uh, EA Play, or whatever they decide to call it next. I think they always change it. But yeah, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how much longer E3 is going to stay around unless they do something drastic. So we'll still have all the news. Sorry, Gaff. We'll still have all the news right around that time. And we're still going to have like things to talk about around that time. Just because that's when kind of, uh, people are ready to show those things. The it, it, That's kind of been like a thing that's been set. So you'll have big news around that. And if they can, if they can use their, I don't know, I guess their brand as like a hub for other people to attach to. Maybe they can get the clicks that way. Maybe they can get the partnerships where they need to. And I think that's going to be the strategy if they want to succeed on that. But here's the thing, though. You you say they got to be the hub, but how does E3 coexist with Summer Games Fest or IGN's Summer of Games or whatever they called it? One one guy's saying, one guy's calling themselves, like, this, this is where you get all the gaming news. Then E3 is also saying, here's where... You also get all the gaming news. Competition. I feel like no one wins in that scenario. I mean, sure, we'll still get the games. It doesn't matter like how we care about it, but the the news stream is just going to be so muddled. It's so. Here's how I see it playing out. This year is going to be super messy. You're going to have a lot of wheeling and dealing on both sides, and there you're going to have to go to your news and get your news around that time from multiple sources, right? It's not going to be just one one and done or around one centralized place. Uh, I do think, though, that you, you bring a good point about the Summer Games Fest. They have so much like established trust now. And, I mean, granted, last year it was kind of a trickle, but that's a name people know as far as digital, digital events. Sorry. Uh, so E3 definitely, if they're going to have to do some fighting to get the news on their side. Like, yeah, agree. Especially, oh, yeah. Arc, finish your thoughts, sorry. Yeah, right now the ESA and E3 don't have the best uh, reputation in the eye of the public. 
especially after I there's like I listened to a couple of content creators and some of them still feel burned about the uh, I forgot exactly what year it was but when they they got doxxed on the because they left the document on the website for anyone to see and that was like really bad for them and so like a lot of oh, people yeah. like lost trust in the ESA for that especially I totally forgot about that, that. Oh yeah, yeah but, right. It happens. That, that was a big thing back then, and now I don't exactly. I don't remember what year that was, but I think that might have been the year before last year, two years ago. I mean, and so with it being canceled last year, and now this year we have the Summer Games Fest, and probably Nintendo Direct around that time too. Like everything is gonna be like you said, um, Polar. Everything's probably gonna still be centralized around June, but. Anything being attached to E3 this at least this year, I don't know if it's gonna be much. Agreed. But man, let me tell you, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss E3. Like I, I remember in high school, which is like five years ago for me. I remember like sneakily trying to watch like the Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo events in class, just like putting my headphones in and watching the news conference while while hoping the teacher wouldn't catch my computer screen. But that like just that week in June is just so magical, especially for me. What it was so magical for me as a kid and knowing that's likely never coming back is a bit of a bummer. Well it's yeah, like what... gamers Christmas is how I yeah. how I, I used to, to treat that. it, right? Like the, the, you get to see all the cool things coming out for like the next at least it's usually in the within a year, right? Usually the news around that time is what's coming out within a year, and then you get small teasers of the next few years, and it's always super, super exciting. Like June is just a, a great month for gamers. Yeah. But yeah, now now I just feel like that hasn't been happening a lot really, especially since Sony like stopped doing their own E three conferences. Like I feel like Sony brought a lot of hype to their conferences. Now, granted, the past few years for them wasn't that great, but I'll always remember the one with uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. That one was, like like people like to say, the year of dreams. <coughs> I also remember um, they... I forget what year it was exactly, but when they officially, uh, like, finally confirmed Kingdom Hearts 3 was in development, that, that was one of my all-time favorite E3s that I can remember. Because that game was one that fans wanted so long, and they, they confirmed that they were finally making it. I was so happy with that. And then the game sucked. I, no, I'm kidding. I never played <laughs> I can't say. wouldn't say it sucked, but it didn't live up to uh, the amount of years we were waiting for it, is what I'll say. It was definitely like a 7-9. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Not quite as great as it could be, but still a really great game. Yeah. So, uh, do you guys have any more thoughts before we move on to the next topic? No, let's move on. <clears throat> Alright, we're going to move on to the next topic, next couple of topics, which I like to call the uh, Xbox News Week, I guess, or News Month, <laughs> as you can, more you can uh, say. It just keeps rolling <laughs> in, man. Yeah, yep. and I don't think it'll ever stop soon. So, uh, okay, so the first uh, one we have on here is uh, xCloud adding backwards compatible games to stream on your phone. So, um... Let me just open this link real quick so I can, like, tell you guys. But, uh, basically, Microsoft has added a, a little more than a dozen of Xbox and Xbox 360 games to play via its cloud streaming service. Um, although these games are already part of Game Pass, this is, like, the first time you'll actually be able to stream them via xCloud. 
Um, the list of games include Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, Double, Double Dragon Neon, Fable 2, Fallout New Vegas, Gears of War 1, or excuse me, Gears of War 2, 3 in Judgment, uh, Jetpack Refueled, which actually has touch control enabled, Cameo, Perfect Dark, Perfect Dark Zero, The Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind, The Elder Scrolls 4 uh, Oblivion, Viva Pinata, which touch controls, and Viva P- Pinata, I think that's Trouble in Paradise, uh, touch controls also enabled. So, um, I just wanted to comment on this little story that I think it's funny that Microsoft was like the youngest company to enter the console space is caring a yeah. lot more about backwards compatibility than Nintendo or Sony. <laughs> yeah, both, you're of, right. both of them have been a lot wrong, a long, eh, around a lot longer than them than Microsoft. Um, other than that, I think this is just like an interesting story that I hope XCloud eventually comes to iOS because that's what I have, and I don't feel like shelling out money for an Android device. <laughs> But uh, other and, than that, you guys have any thoughts? Go ahead, Gaff. Yeah, I mean, this is just this is just a the headline is just a winner in and of itself. Like you know, people are gonna people are gonna like that. There's no reason for you to not like this happening, besides just being a cranky crybaby whining about console console wars. That's the conversation, like, though, right? I mean, yeah, that's it's always gonna come about, and if they want to play the game, then fine. So here's here's what's happening: Microsoft, they're letting you play. They're trying to let you play any game you want, anywhere you want. Sony, they're actively trying to prevent you from playing your old games. Nintendo, who the who the hell knows when they Nintendo just make prevent. it hard, dude. They're a wild card. <laughs> It just they're, they're like wants. they're the trickle, right? And Nintendo is like, hey, here's this cool thing, but also it's behind a paywall and repackaged, and you have to buy it seven other times. Yeah, Nintendo's a little weird. They had a Virtual Console back in the Wii and Wii U, but now that's not a thing anymore. And now we have the uh, Nintendo Switch Online service, which only covers NES and Super NES. But then you also have like ports and remasters, like Super Mario 3D All Stars, uh, yuck, Skyward Sword. Wii U ports like 3D World. Granted, that had added content, but like, it's like a mess with Nintendo right now. You, you don't know what to expect from them, to be honest. And then for yeah, Sony, with, uh, go, okay. go ahead, yeah, real quick. I would say, like, with All Stars, like, they're going to rob you for $60 and then force, and they're going to make it so you can never buy it again after this day. You better buy it because you're going to miss out and all your friends are going to play it and you're going to want to play it too. That even happens, though you right? play it. Yeah, exactly. It has spike of like two hundred sixty-seven percent in like the last week it was available. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Artificial demand. Nintendo's good at that. Yeah, and then on Sony's side, you know, like just uh, I think it was this week they just announced like officially that the PS3, Vita, and PSP stores are shutting down, and like they didn't yep. even give you a, a year notice to get these games. Do you think? Do you think it's a coincidence? Like they're just they just slapped together like a. A, a document, right? They're like, all right, this looks official. Here's some old games. We're gonna put them on XCloud just to rub it in their face with all this, like, oh yeah, we're gonna get rid of our old games. And Microsoft's like, actually, we're keeping the old games. I don't, I don't think it's as simple as that. They probably had this in the works for a while, but maybe they just decided to announce it today because it's like makes them look a lot better, you know. But oh um, yeah, but yeah, going back to Sony, like real quick, like yeah, they're shutting down those stores without. 
it's not even a year's notice. With Nintendo shut down the Wii store, they gave you a year notice at least. Sony is just cutting it off in well, just a couple months, and it kind of sucks. And like I said uh, last week, like a whole bunch of games, they're either going to be lost uh, to just the store shutting down, and physical games are going to go up in price. It's uh, really a shame. There's no way to play those games on PS4 or PS5. So it really sucks. And I, you I know, commend Microsoft for... Even even though their backwards compatibility doesn't cover all the games, at least it's something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Colin Moriarty, he's he's involved in some... Like, he helps make, make games, too. Or, and I think when Sony, they announced all, all their... To close all their stores. I think they got caught, caught off guard too, and they had to. I think yeah, they ran into some real troubles in with their game. So that's yeah, like was, um, a real close example of just how sucky this is. Yeah, there was an article stating that uh, some developers had to uh, cancel their games that was going to the Vita because they weren't notified ahead of time. So it really, it really this, this just really sucks all around from Sony, and. I, I hear the rumors of, the, of them working something about backwards compatibility, but I kind of, I'm not holding my breath for anything until I see something official. But yeah, Lesson Xbox, learned. Don't, don't make games for the Vita. Yeah. But, do uh, you guys have any more thoughts on this before I move on? Nah, um, pretty much wraps it. Just, hey, get your stuff together, figure it out, Sony, Nintendo. Good on you, Xbox. But, yeah. yeah. I will say, yeah. like, uh, to play devil's advocate, like you could always make the argument that old games are old. Um, I hate that I, argument so much. I know, it's like, me too, but I got a couple of friends who will see this news and be like, who cares? I already played those games. No one wants to play these games. But the thing is, there's always going to be someone who's played these games for the first time. And thanks to Microsoft, they'll still be able to. Yeah. And also, like, who cares, man? Like, if it doesn't affect you, great. But it's going to be good for someone out there. Well, it, it, it just, it, you know, Sony's focusing on the future, um, but I hear they are losing exclusivity on a game, though. Oh, yeah. Um, dang it, I was going to do a nice transition, transition thing that Xbox was knocking out of the park. You know what else knocks out of the park? MLB The Show coming to, to, MLB the show coming to Game Pass on day one. Nailed it. <laughs> I like um, that better. Anyways, uh, so yeah. The Game Pass hits just don't stop coming because on Xbox Wire, they announced that MLB The Show was releasing on Xbox Game Pass day one for Xbox One and the ser- and the Xbox Series consoles and on Android via xCloud. Um, honestly, this is a pretty huge gift for Microsoft and Game Pass in general because uh, it's important to note that the show is developed by Sony San Diego. It's a Sony first-party game, which is not only coming to Xbox on Game Pass day one, but it's also still $70 on PlayStation. That's gotta hurt. Yeah. Real bad. I know Sam had some choice words about that. And yeah. I'll read I'll read the um sorry, I'll read his words out. Uh here's a quote from Sam. I am really happy that more people will be able to play this game as I love MLB the show. However, it does sting quite a bit that as a PlayStation 5 player, I have to pay $70 for this game. And honestly, knowing that it's free with Game Pass to play on Xbox gives me some hesitation to buy this game when the past MLB The Show has been an instant purchase for me. I think a lot of people can relate to what Stan said. Yeah, um, that's huge, man. No, yeah, it's really huge. Like, like I said, it's in the, it's a, it's just, this is a Sony first-party game coming to Xbox. Now, 
I don't think I don't I, I don't think Sony would have wanted this because uh, if you look on the Xbox like store page for MLB, it looks like that MLB is publishing the Xbox version and not Sony themselves. So I think I think this means that MLB probably made this deal with Xbox, and and not Sony. But at the same time, it's it's a Sony developed game, so I assume they had some say in this. What do you guys think? So sports licensing gets a little weird, right? Yeah, um, and I, if I'm right, the the actual sports uh, holders, like the the license themselves, hold and have the right to, I guess, publish on the platforms. That must have been like an agreement or something. Um, but if that's right, then I think you know it is a good move because it's awesome to have more people playing this game. Because I hear it's a really great series for people who like that. Yeah. Yeah, for all twelve people that like baseball. <laughs> right, uh, right. I used to, yeah I, i'm not really a sports game guy but like i i if there was one sport game i would have to play it would be mlb just because i dabbled in, in baseball a bit as a kid did suck but i mean <laughs> i know what's going on in baseball other sports i'm not really sure yeah as someone that lives near toronto the only we only have the toronto blue jays who's the only canadian team in Major League Baseball, and uh, they've had a couple good years um, when I was in high school, but I don't think they've been doing. So what you're saying, <laughs> what you're saying, Gaff, is the pitch falls completely flat for you up there. Oh my god! <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to put one more question out there. Not so we have had Outriders Day One on Game Pass. Now I'm gonna be the show as Day One as well. What other third parties do you guys think is going to happen this year? I feel like Xbox is going to start ramping up those deals for those day one third party games. Honestly, I can maybe see Battlefield 6 as day one. EA Play. Yeah, because there's EA Play on Game Pass already. If not if not the whole game, EA Play, I think, I'm pretty sure at least has like a trial, like those 10 hour trials or whatever. So, I don't know, just... I feel that like would Microsoft be huge. For play the first ten hours. Year. Play the first ten hours with Game Pass. Yeah, exactly. I I can see like a lot of third parties just making some nice day one uh, deals this year for Game Pass. I mean, yeah. hopefully, Battlefield may not be like the. Sorry. No, I'm all set. You can go. Battlefield may not be like the heavy hitter that it used to be, but it still has like brand recognition. Yeah, and if if it comes out for fifteen dollars a month on Game Pass, then I it's really gonna it's a win win for both Xbox and EA and the Battlefield franchise. Yeah, any more right. any more thoughts you guys have? Um, I'm chilling. Just chilling. It's a, it's a pretty cool news topic, huh? You know what else is cool? Xbox mini fridges. So cool, man. <laughs> so cool. So uh, this is just this is just like a little fun piece of news here. Uh, apparently there was like a competition on Twitter in which brand had the best tweets, and I guess the final round was against Skittles and Xbox. So uh, so to make sure they uh, they won, I guess Aaron Greenberg from uh, the Xbox marketing team said that if Xbox won the competition, that they would put um, some Xbox Series X mini fridges into production. And do you know what happened? Xbox did win. So I Just guess narrowly. Some, yeah, narrowly. It was like a pretty close race. So I guess we're going to start seeing some uh, mini fridges sometime this year. And 
they look pretty cool and they look like like a, like a neat little novelty thing to get. And I, I feel like a lot of streamers are gonna get one just for like their background, just as just as decoration or whatever. So yeah, good on good on the Xbox team for uh, that. Would you guys get one of these, depending on the price? Uh yes. Yes, definitely <laughs> just to have in my room. Uh, yeah. I, I mean I'd put uh, one in my room a hundred percent. Oh yeah. I mean, it's certainly not very practical because if you've seen this thing, it can hold maybe four drinks, <laughs> and maybe four coke cans. That's enough for but, a gaming session, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. But as a, just like a cool like toy, essentially, I think it's pretty neat. Um. By the way, just between me, me and you, they're probably gonna make these fridges anyway. But this is a cool marketing campaign. Oh, probably. Yeah, it's a nice little marketing campaign. I know um they had those mini fridges from the Zoa energy drinks at the Rock. There was like a video of the Rock having one too. Yeah, yeah. So, I feel like it might also just be those ones without the without the branding on them, but who knows? But man, I would love that full size Xbox Series X fridge. Yeah, I would love to have that in my house. Yes, please. It has like the the neon green inside, and I I think it makes like the the startup sound too. Every time you open it, it would get pretty obnoxious. <laughs> um, using it every day, but I I'm all about that kind of thing. Yep. So yeah, that was a that's a fun little news piece there for <laughs> Xbox. And you know what else is fun? April Fools. April Fools, man. <laughs> three days later. So yeah, three days later. So uh. We have like just a couple of uh, April Fool's jokes news stories that came out on the day run, running down here. Um, these are just probably going to be a little quick. So the first one we have here is uh, Bug Snacks removing the bugs from the game. <laughs> um, have you guys ever played Bug Snacks? I've tried it when it was on PlayStation Plus, but I didn't really get too far into it. Just looking at this, like, just seeing all this, all, like, just like burgers and stuff just lying down on the floor it just seems pretty funny. Just snacks now. So so they removed the bug part then? Yeah. So it was just snacks. Just snacks. Just snacks. <laughs> um, That's funny. I haven't I haven't got a chance to play bug snacks. Um just because I don't play a whole lot of PlayStation games nowadays, but yeah. I have been meaning to check it out when I get free time, which is never because the backlog is a mountain. Uh, agreed. So I don't know if you want, do you guys like want to go through all these stories? I feel like it's like there's a few just, ones oh. that are cool. My yeah. my personal favorite is I got two: the Rainbow Six Siege, um, <laughs> event, where I mean honestly I didn't think you could have told me this was like 100% for real and I would have believed you because Rainbow Six Siege has been getting kind of bonkers for a while I, I now. Think, I think it is real actually. Oh okay, really? <laughs> yeah, it's a real yeah. thing. It's a real right, thing. Awesome. Yeah. Some of these are real. Like um the the ones I want to call out are the Pokemon Sword and Shield raid event, which is just a a, a gigantic magic carp that you can't catch. So it's basically a worthless raid, which is pretty funny. Uh, I also want to call out the uh, Fortnite gave out the Stonks Man meme as a skin, and if you look at the picture, the face looks really unsettling. He's staring into my soul. Yeah, it's really weird. And this is a real skin that they had. It's so weird looking. It's just, like, looking at the meme compared to him, it's just uh, really weird. Well, for people listening that haven't checked it out before, 
He's got like he's got the upward stocks arrow on, as a backpack on the on the skin. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh he's making the face you make when you buy GME for three hundred. And then yeah, you watch that. I, 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 I think it was a little weird that they didn't put out the skin like during that time where it would have made sense, but I guess April Fool's joke would have been the, nice too. And then I think one more I want to call out is the G Fuel partnering with Sonic on that chili dog flavor. I I don't I never drank G Fuel, so I don't know like what that's all about, but just having it based on Sonic with chili dog flavor sounds kind of gross at the same time. But it's like I I really I think it's an April Fool's joke. I don't I don't know if it's real or not, but. Just a yeah. just a chili dog flavored drink sounds a little disgusting to be honest. Yeah, then you can become Sonic. Does anyone here you guys want to call out more? Uh, what about um, the custom rig? I thought was kind of funny from Newegg. Oh yeah, so Newegg. Oh, where's where the story go? Hold the on. Xbox Series X is one terabyte a beverage dispenser. Yeah, they made a a beverage dispenser PC. Which <laughs> this one's awesome. Which I wanted to I wanted to see if you actually buy it. Unfortunately, you can't. But like, that's actually that's actually something pretty cool to be honest. It reminds uh, me I of, K- point like, it. of the KFC chicken uh, computer or whatever they have going on. I want to put it in the description really for in the description for this this product. One of the bullet points is mostly non toxic. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> and then above it says light metal, heavy water. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, just a little, little bit of fun April Fools. Less uh, this year, I think, because COVID stuff. Yeah, I feel like past April Fools' days have been a lot more uh, interesting to say the least. But I feel like as I've, time I've... goes on, we get used to the April Fools' jokes from gaming companies. Like you know, you know, you expect them to be there. You you know when something's real and when something's not. So. I feel like the impact's been a little lessened. I've certainly had eventful April Day. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell a quick story. But back in um tenth grade, um, I I bought the, the night before. I bought a pie shell, and I bought a can of whipped cream. And then during lunchtime, I snuck out to the hallway and I filled the the pie shell with cream. And then I found my buddy, and this guy. All of us, we we like to tease him, and he teases back like it's all good fun. And then, and the, at the peak of lunch, I slammed his face with the the cream pie, and it got everywhere. Even like got some splash damage on this like unsuspecting girl behind him. Oof. And everyone had fun. Um, we all laughed. I and I stayed behind, and I even helped clean up. Um, but the teachers did not like it at all. And then I got called to the principal's office, and then I got suspended. For a day, but um, I was part of the the Easter play because I was in drama class, mm-hmm. and so they couldn't suspend me on the Thursday, so they had to suspend me on the Tuesday because it was a forty long weekend. So it was, I got a five day vacation from school. Nice. So uh, yeah, just some April Fools' uh, stuff. So I wanna transition into i want to pitch this new idea on the spot right here for you guys um this is going to be a rotating segment i, I want it to be a rotating segment on the show but i'm going to call this game chat maybe i don't know if there's any better name for it but 
just a little segment I want to add in. So for us to talk about like either games that look cool to us or a new game we've been playing. So the two games I want to talk about are Fantasian and Outriders. But let's talk about Outriders first since that's the new game that came out and released on Game Pass. Sam, I know you've been playing it. I've also been playing it. Okay. Oh, so all you guys have been playing it. Sam's been playing it. Um, uh, Holder's been playing it. So I haven't played it yet. But can you guys give your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Gaff. Um, I I've only put in like two or three hours in it, so not that deep at all. But my first impressions is that it's a fun like turn your brain off kind of game. It's not. I'm sure, like, for like, the hardcore people out there, it can get deep just to do all the calculations with, with all the numbers. But I just like shooting stuff. I like that you heal by killing enemies. Um, the weapons, um, you know, you got your snipers, you got your shotguns and auto rifles and pistols. And your gear. Uh, I haven't seen that much cool gear because I'm so early level, but I'm sure it gets good. Um, but... I don't, I think it's a good game. I don't think it's an amazing game, but there are a couple of things that has really does have going for it. I think obviously the number one is crossplay. I was playing with my buddy who has a PS5, and um, to quote Sam, who gave us his thoughts, <clears throat> "Servers suck." LOL. <laughs> uh, he is he's kind of right. Uh, um, my friend kept getting disconnected every time there was a loading screen. So it was definitely definitely really frustrating. But just the idea of it is super cool. And it's just another game that implements it and hopefully more games will follow in its footsteps. And my final thought on this game is that auto pickup is a really good feature that all games should. Alright, pull it go. I uh I second that. So I just beat the campaign today um on one character. Wow. Yeah. How long did it take you? I don't know. 15, 20 hours. Yeah. Um, it's right up my alley. It's a looter shooter. Uh, they won't call it that, but it's a looter shooter. <laughs> um, it's you know, I'm getting, I get a little bit of division vibes. Only, you don't use cover. Your enemy uses cover, right? You uh, can, you can cover this game. You, you can, you can cover. But uh, what happens when you cover is the enemy gets aggressive, right? And then they'll oh. push the cover and push the advantage on you. And if you're not moving around and being aggressive, especially when you start getting into the higher difficulties, uh, you get wrecked. You heal by shooting, right? Like, and yeah. some, some other classes heal by doing other things. Um, so I think I'm level 30 now, if I'm right. Or approaching level 30, I have yet to do, like, the post-game, right? So they have this thing called Expeditions. Um, and they're meant to be repeatable, kind of like um, kind of like Greater Rifts in uh, Diablo, right? Uh, they're meant to be repeatable things. Uh, you're supposed to play with people. They're really tough. Um, one thing I will say, the first big takeaway, it is not balanced well for solo play. Um, yeah, so, like, and the crappy thing is, I couldn't get matchmaking to work the entire time I played. It, it just spun and spun and spun, and I'm not sure, I was looking on their Twitter and everything and Reddit, and 
I couldn't find a definitive answer on whether it was just my thing or if it was theirs, but I did see people having issues just random matchmaking. So I think they might have turned random off so that they could get the crossplay with your friends working. But they turned off crossplay with PC too, so <laughs> uh, the, yeah. And cross and crossplay with, with PS5 and Xbox also barely worked. Yeah, no, and, you know, otherwise a great launch. They launched on Game Pass day one. I think that was huge for them, and I don't think they expected those numbers for that people showed up. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, You guys see the report that it had, like, 100k players on Steam, and also it was, like, like twice. Yeah, Helen was, like, it dwarfs um, Marvel's Avengers, like, current uh, playing playing people oh yeah and i could see that one avengers got some work to do um gaff i was gonna ask you what uh what class did you pick was it technomancer i think you just get um, like a turret i think yeah it, you got a turret like that shoots missiles and i have like toilet abilities that like lets me like freeze enemies which is like pretty useful and every time i punch someone then they freeze that's awesome um yeah, it. I'm the ability, using the abilities is pretty fun. It definitely. I wasn't so hot on the gunplay, but like just um the fact that my abilities have like such like a pretty short cooldown, which lets me use them a lot. It adds a lot of fun. I picked the Devastator, which is the tanky class, right? And he okay. goes in and he works off of armor and getting in people's face and getting kills close range give you armor. And you work off of, like, bleed and fire stuff by being close. And there's one ability that was really cool that I just got, which is, like, you you warp the enemy into, like, an obelisk. And what that does is pull all of the nearby enemies into it, and then it explodes, kind of like a, a black hole sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> uh, so the abilities get really crazy. And the cool thing... Uh, it, it's definitely, it gets better the more you play. Uh, so I'd say stick with it a few more hours if you don't like it now. And if you don't like it, I don't know, maybe past, I would say, level level 20. I mean, that's pretty high. Maybe level 15 is when I started noticing, like, well, I can combo with this. And then, like, blue pieces of armor dropped with different mods. And you can, what's cool is when you dismantle a piece of gear you get that mod from that piece of gear. And you can use that on future pieces of gear for, like, crafting crafting materials, and you can make crazy builds with it. Uh, so uh, that's kind of where I'm at, is starting to look at my, my end game build so I can do harder stuff. But so far, yeah, like, I'm loving it. I wish I could play with my friends, or more so random friends, I guess. But... Uh, I think it's great. I think the gunplay could use a little bit of tuning, though, like you said. But overall, I think a win for Outriders. Definitely. Well, I think I'll, I'm going to stick with it and try to get stronger and see if I like it. I mean, if you if you want to group up, uh, I I will probably be on at some point. And we're on the same platform, right? Xbox? Yep. Yeah, so <laughs> multiplayer will actually work. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Um, so Ark, are you interested in Outriders at all? Um, I've been more interested since it was on Game Pass now, and I see everyone talking, like, 
little a little highly of it. Everyone's like besides the server issues, everyone seems to be having fun with it. Um, I just don't know when I'll have the time to play it, you know. Because <laughs> right now yeah. I'm like really into Monster Hunter, and uh, just to move on to our next game real quick, I want to I I'm interested in checking out Fantasia. But before I move on to that, like, yeah, um, maybe if I have the time, I'll check it out. But there's so many games for a little time, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. I know it. But yeah, moving on to Fantasia, I just want to mention this game real quick. So Fantasian, um, it debuted on Apple Arcade on Friday, and Apple Arcade in general, they added a whole bunch of new games on that day. Like it's been, I I've had no interest in Apple Arcade to be honest until they, until like Fantasian was announced. And if for those of you who don't know what Fantasian is, it's a new JRPG from the creators of Final Fantasy, uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi. Um, the game itself seems like a, like those the old school Final Fantasy games that had like the pre rendered backgrounds and environments. However, Fantasian, instead of them being pre rendered like backgrounds, they're like three D dioramas that they made by hand and took pictures of that are used Whoa. backgrounds. And they, they they look really good. That looks so and cool. I'm yeah. I'm watching the trailer right now, the features trailer, and I see yeah. what you mean. And so uh, the game also has a, has the soundtrack from. Uh, Nobu Umatsu, who is also the uh, composer from the legendary Final Fantasy series games. So, basically, just Fantasia looks like a Final Fantasy game in all but name. And it's on Apple Arcade right now. I For some reason, they're doing it in two parts. Like, the first part's out now, and then the second part's going to be out later. But, uh, yeah, I want to give this game a try, and I'll probably play it on my Apple TV. Because Apple Arcade, you can play on your Apple TV, iPhones, or Macs. Oh, damn. Yeah, and I have a free trial of it, too, so I'm just going to use it on that game, you know? And here I thought Apple, like, no one really paid attention to Apple Arcade, but this looks like a pretty huge game. Oh, yeah. A lot of, like, effort put into it. Yeah, it seems, this is, like, I think this is, like, probably, like, the biggest game in Apple Arcade, maybe. I know they have, like, NBA 2K21 Arcade Edition, whatever that means, but I'm not really into that. I'm, like, this one is the one that piqued my interest, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it definitely looks interesting, and I don't really, I don't really play mobile games, but yeah, I can definitely, I I think I can see this being like a pretty big hit. Yeah, the fact that I just play it on, on an Apple TV is what's making me more interested. Because if I had to play it on the phone, I probably would have dipped out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't have Apple, so I look forward to hearing your thoughts from uh, trying that out, though. Oh yeah, I'll definitely give my thoughts on that whenever I get around to it. Um, yeah, but, so, moving on to our main topic of the show. Main topic. <laughs> uh, what is the oldest game you have a good memory from, and has said game influence the type of games you guys play now? So, do any of you guys want to go first, or should I just let, take the dive in? Cue us up, Ark. Okay. <clears throat> so, the two games that I can remember, like, the earliest I remember playing were Super Mario 64 and Sonic Adventure and the Dreamcast. Now I'm only going to pick one of them. Can you guys guess which one I want to pick? I wonder. Sonic. Ring-a-ding-ding. Yeah. Um. Okay, so... Sonic Adventure, I wouldn't say it's like the first one I played, but it's like the first one I can like remember experiencing because I distinctly remember my cousin playing it on the Dreamcast back in the day. And to be honest, it kind of left me in awe like seeing how fast Sonic moved in that game. 
like I was also kind of amazed like I have like the the hub world because they have like a like a central hub where you can go to go to each level. I was fascinated like how that connected to like each level and like to me as a kid, it kind of felt like that the world was always alive because like there was like people moving around, there was like cars moving around while you were like trying to get to the next area or whatever. And like obviously it's outdated by today's standards, but it's something I like really remember enjoying. Um, I also remember the Chow Garden. <laughs> this is something that oh everyone always oh, wants to be brought back. Garden. Yeah. So at, at the time, I didn't. I never really had like a virtual pet or anything like that. But the Chow Garden was like so much fun for for like for me to like to take care of like little Chows. So for those of you who don't know, the Chow Garden is basically like a place where you can like take care of these creatures called Chows. And it's basically like a virtual pet game inside Sonic Adventure. You could raise your child, like raise their stats or whatever, and enter them in races against the other AI child to win prizes and such. Uh, I didn't really write, type down a lot on this. I just finished the script earlier today. But I would say that Sonic Adventure has influenced my childhood because for like the longest time, I've always per- I was like a Sonic fanboy over Mario for like my entire life. I was like, oh man. Sonic's better than Mario because Sonic's faster or whatever. <laughs> and then you lost that bet. Good, uh, good reasoning. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, Sonic's a lot cooler than Mario, man. And uh, not to say I didn't enjoy the Mario games, but like, I had no interest in Mario games until I played like New Super Mario Bros. Wii. I was like that much of a diehard like Sonic kid. And uh, in terms of the games I play now, like I think Sonic Adventure made me appreciate platformers more. And Sonic games in general, even though not all of them are all great, I do enjoy them except Forces. Like uh, Generations, <laughs> I think is the <laughs> Generations. I think is the best one. Colors was awesome. Um, Half Colors of... was so cool, actually. Oh yeah, Generations actually was where I first. It's probably one of my favorite, honestly. Oh yeah, Generations is my favorite out of the three D Sonic games. Um, Half of Unleash is good. No, I don't like those nighttime stages, but the daytime stages are great. Um, I unironically liked Sonic 06 back as a kid. Obviously, looking back at it now, I'm like, oof, why did I like this as Was a kid? Was that the one with the the Werehog? No, that's Unleashed. Oh, God. The 06 is the one that people pan a lot for being buggy and not good. And the one with Sonic getting kissed by a human woman. I... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, didn't that happen in Sonic X, like the series? Uh, Dude, I love Sonic I remember. Sonic X sandwich. I enjoyed Under it. I don't remember. Sonic X was great. Probably yeah, and the... this best. It followed Adventure Adventure and Adventures 2 storyline a lot, didn't it? Because I remember it being basically almost one for one, except they added like that kid Chris or whatever. And I think there was like a their own plot line towards the later seasons. So I know it was in the same uh, like fictional world, right? I think so, because. I... It's very remember, similar, but it, yeah. it just seemed it was either that or they were like in tandem or closer related because in, in my head, I relate the two. I don't know for sure. We'll have to kind of look into it, but I feel like they were related. Yeah, because I do remember like that, that show did take a lot from the games at the time because I remember they were fighting the like uh, Perfect Chaos, which is the final boss in Sonic Adventure 1. And then they had, like, the whole Sonic Adventure 2 stuff with Shadow and all that. But, yeah, so I, like, I played Mario 64, but I honestly can't remember much of when I played, of, like, 
when and how I played it. I just remember having it, and I don't remember if I ever did well at it or not. Sonic Adventure was the one I remember more vividly, because that's the one I'm like, that's the one that kind of made me a Sonic fan, even though it's kind of rough being a Sonic fan nowadays. So, oh, quick question. Oh. Did uh, did being a Sega kid influence probably the fact that you play Fantasy Star Online? Um, so funny story about that. I wouldn't call myself a Sega kid, to be honest, because I more had a PS2 growing up more of the time. Um, Fantasy Star, uh, for me getting into that, for some weird reason, like a couple years back, I just had this weird, um, weird fan, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Weird interest in the Dreamcast. Because I was, because obviously that's the one I remember my cousin playing, but like, I just had a weird interest in it, because like, of it, for one, being Sega's last home console. Two, it being the first cons- major console to have like a uh, mainstream online system. And so my interest in Fantasy Star mostly came in the fact that it was like the first console MMO on the Dreamcast. And I just really found that really interesting. And so my like you're talking about my interest in Fantasy Star Online 2, that's just more of an interest of it being... um. Yes, it's the sequel to this Dreamcast game that that was the first on MMO, and so I kind of had an interest in it because I just wanted to see how far that would kind of evolve from the Dreamcast days. And it came out in Japan in 2012, and really didn't come over to America till last year. So, and I didn't. I played the beta last year on Xbox, but I really didn't play much of it afterwards till like recently this past month because. I guess they they put six years of content into the global version in one year. So so North America didn't really have much time with Fantasy Star Online 2. I know we're, we're on a tangent. I'll just end it real quick. But I, I think Sega put out Fantasy Star Online 2 in the West because they're putting out Fantasy Star Online New Genesis, which from what I've been hearing, it's more like a Fantasy Star Online 3. And that's going to be... um. That's going to be released worldwide, so I'm really interested in seeing how that is. But yeah, Sonic Adventure kind of kick-started, I guess, my gaming, my gaming uh, play habits, I guess. And like, like you said for Fantasy Star, it was just more of an interest in the first game on the Dreamcast and the Dreamcast in general. Long tangent, I know. No, it's just super cool because <laughs> I had no idea. I was, I just figured, hey, you know. You said he you played the Dreamcast, so that must be related, right? <laughs> yeah, I never had a Dreamcast as a kid. Like, like, like I said, I've had I also always had a interest in it. And fun fact, I just recently actually bought a Dreamcast off uh, Facebook Marketplace. And uh, another fun fact, there are still people playing fan made servers on Fantasy Star Online to this day on the Dreamcast. Oh, and wow. so what yeah. There's some workarounds you have to do to get to it, and I'm trying to work on that, but I'm really excited to play that on the Dreamcast. There's a PC version of it as well, which a more populated ver- more populated servers, but I want to try it on the, like, the actual hardware that it was on. Um, before, before I move on or, or before I move on, I have a question for you, Ark, and yeah, it, is a, it is a yes or no question. Did you like the Sonic movie? It was surprisingly good. So yes, actually, I was I went into it day one thinking like trying to get a good laugh just to see how bad it was, but I was surprised at how good it was actually. 
I watched it the Friday it came out. Um, granted, I was coming back from Ottawa to Toronto, so it was a six-hour drive, and I was very tired. So I fell asleep in the movie. But what I watched, I liked. Yeah. So yeah. Jim Carrey was the Sonic. guy. That was the takeaway. Yes, indeed. People who say Sonic games are bad, not all of them are. Some of them, probably yeah, but not all of them. They're all frustrating. Right, so... <laughs> yeah, that's a good word for it. So, uh, who wants to go next? Uh, Polar, you can go next. Alrighty. So, my... The oldest game I have a good memory from that I feel kind of influenced a lot of the games coming forward was just, uh... Uh, Link... Uh, sorry, Link to the Past. Uh, that's Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, uh, Super Nintendo, right? Um, obviously, like, the first game I played was, like, Super Mario Bros, right? Like, the, mm-hmm. or, I think it's Super Mario World, because my grandpa had an SNES set up, and my brother and I would just go over and play that, but the one I really dug into, right, the one that kind of influenced where I gravitate towards as far as genres is, like, is that Legend of Zelda, um, just a sense of exploration, uh, you can kind of approach the dungeon's any way you want um obviously there's like not much direction which i thought really i like exploring in games because of that i like finding the answers out by myself and i don't like my hand being held and i feel like that definitely played a part in that um and obviously i still play like zelda games to this day and exploration is like one of the biggest draws for me when it comes to games like hey what's that cool thing around the corner how can i use my tools to get this situation solved but yeah that uh legend of zelda link to the past is where i sit with that um yeah so yeah i don't really have any questions for you so uh, i guess it's jeff's turn now right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh so, games for me, I played a lot of games when I was very young. I had a Game Boy, and I played Pokemon Ruby, and that's about it. But then, there's sometime in 2000s, I got, I got into video games pretty late. So, sometime in like 2007, my dad came home and got me a Nintendo Wii, and I was overjoyed. Um, because Wii Sports became my jam. Um, I played that. I played that thing so much. And like tennis specifically, it gave me tennis elbow. So like my my elbow would be so sore for the following day because I was just I was just so absorbed into it. And it was a great. I mean, there's a reason why the Wii was so successful. Like in the beginning. Just because it was great for families and that anyone could play it. Like, I remember playing bowling and tennis, like, at uh, the Thanksgiving and Christmas family get-togethers. And just, like, having some of, like, my favorite memories from those times. Um, But as for whether it influenced me later in life, for what games I play, I don't think it did because... 
I was so bullied <laughs> for liking the Wii. My friends loved to 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 shit on. At the time, they loved to shit on the Wii and Nintendo, calling them not Kid real games. games, right? Not not yeah. real. Yeah, even though we were like twelve, we were, everyone was twelve years old. <laughs> like they're still calling it kids' games, but um, I tried my hardest to defend it, but even still, I couldn't really get anyone on board. Um, and so after that, I tried little me like really tried to like distance myself from the Wii, and I got an Xbox three sixty, and of course, like the three sixty is great, but um. Looking back on it, um, I think Nintendo Wii and all those memories like really make me appreciate the power Nintendo has, even with their, you know, their low-level hardware. For sure, they make they make some of the best IP out there and highest quality, I think. And some of my favorite Nintendo like games are Nintendo games. So, um, even though I play mostly on Xbox now, um, yeah. Yeah, for like for a couple of years, I was like a we, I was like a, a we only gamer because I didn't have a three sixty or a PS three. So yep. A lot, a lot of like my memories of that generation were of the Wii, like Super Smash Brothers. Uh, I played Sonic Unleashed first on the Wii. Um, like I said earlier, New Super Mario Bros. Wii. I played Mario Galaxy, Legend of Zelda. All those type of games were like something I played during that generation until I got a PS three like later on. My first Call of Duty experience was playing Call of Duty Black Ops for the Wii. Um, and so it was with motion controls. And people like to make fun of me for that too, for liking it. But I'm telling you, Call of Duty with motion controls is kind of fun. You can even turn your gun sideways um, by turning your Wii remote. So there was a crossbow in Black Ops, and you could turn it so it looked like a real bow. And I thought that looked cool. <laughs> and I remember like waking up early uh before going to school and just playing like trying to get in a quick round of zombies um yeah i, I just those memories just came back to me and those are definitely good times yeah uh i just remember this now but there's one more game i want to really call out cuz uh specifically polar said it wasn't his first like he wasn't talking about his first game i was like talking about my first games with sonic adventure and stuff but like I would say this game arguably um, influenced me more than Sonic Adventure, and that's Kingdom Hearts 1 on the PS2, obviously. Um, Ooh, nice. so like, again, my cousin was the one who played it in front of me, and like as a kid, I was like, what is this Disney shit on my fucking game? I was like a, I was like a little kid being like, hey, I don't want this <laughs> Disney stuff in my games. Uh, so I, w- I wanted to play like... like uh, Need for Speed Underground, just because I like customizing my cars or whatever. But ultimately... I like cars! Yeah, exactly. And then, like, one day, like, I went to a game store and bought Kingdom Hearts 2, and I was like, oh, shit. I remember my cousin playing this game. Now, obviously, it wasn't Kingdom Hearts 2 he was playing, it was Kingdom Hearts 1, but I think the Kingdom Hearts series in general is what made me love RPGs, as like, like now. Like, RPGs is arguably my favorite uh, genre of all time. And I attribute that to Kingdom Hearts. Just wanted to throw that in there real quick, but yeah. Nice, nice, yeah. Yeah, any other thoughts uh, before we go to our Game Pass and play? I don't know if Ark... Did you finish Ark? 
Uh, yeah, I, was, I just wanted to call out Kingdom Hearts 2 real quick. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have any other ones. Obviously, like, A Link to the Past was a big influence. Um, I would say another one that, that kind of got me, uh, what was Metroid, but that's, it's more of a thing where it's like, it's another exploration type thing, and those were just really cool, and I like, that makes me really like upgrades nowadays. Uh, also, as a note, Gaff, uh, you missed out on a lot of good Nintendo stuff, but glad to have you over on Xbox. Uh, I am... What, wait, what am I missing out on? <laughs> exactly. So, I, I mean, like, in the time, right? Like, you missed out on a lot of good conversations in the time between we and, like, now? I mean, did you did you have the consoles, or did you just kind of stray away from them? I had, uh, I had a Wii. I had a Wii U. Okay, um, so, so but you shifted there, more towards the 360, though, is what you're saying. Yeah. The Wii collected dust. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So that that's super unfortunate because Nintendo does some make make some of the best games out there. So calling them fake games is just, I guess you know, but also like bullying somebody for like playing those type of games. <laughs> Come on, man, we're all kids. Yeah, <laughs> they were they were my friends, so we all had a laugh anyway. But no, for good. sure, yeah. Good. Everyone everyone had their jabs, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess uh, we can switch to Game Pass or Play. What is it this week, Ark? Okay, so our Game Pass or Play game for this week was Injustice 2. Um, before I give my own thoughts, um, Sam left us a comment. I know you wanted to talk, say that gaff real quick. Yep. So, to quote, I played a couple of hours of Injustice 2, and I love the aesthetic, character design, and the story. Unfortunately, I really wasn't a fan of the combat, which isn't as surprising since fighting games are my thing. The way I control with the analog just didn't feel good to me. However, I will say I played the mobile mobile version of the game and I actually enjoyed the touchscreen combat, which is kind of surprising as I usually despise touchscreen controls. End quote. Thank you, Sam. Okay, um, who wants to start? Who wants on to start one? off? I'll do it as. I mean, I don't know. I, I know you played the game a bunch, too. But, like, as a self-proclaimed Justice 2 fan, may I start? Take Go the ahead. floor. Right. I'm raising my hand in real life, in case you can't see. <laughs> um, I love... I loved Injustice 2 when it came out, and and I I still, I still think it's a fantastic game. Um... My experience with fighting games before that was just Super Smash Bros. Um, and a little bit of Street Fighter 4. But Injustice grabbed me because of because it's a DC property. I love DC. I love the lore of the comics. Uh, the movies are... I enjoy them still. But I think this game really does the character's... Uh, justice, no, no pun intended. Um, it, it's an Elseworlds story. It's a it's a world where Superman and Batman are enemies, like mortal enemies, and the Justice League, and just the whole the world in general is split in half between two factions. And then in this game, there's a new enemy called Brainiac, and he's forcing um, the Justice League to 
not reform, but to work together again. And so this, how the story goes, because it, it, it's a fighting game, it has to find some way to shoehorn these one-on-one fights. And I'll admit, they don't, even still, they don't always like make sense story-wise, but I'm able to just turn off my brain and just enjoy it for what it is. Um, I think I think the story the story overall is a very good superhero comic book story. It, I think it makes good use of most of the characters. Some of the characters do get sidelined a bit to make room for some bigger names like obviously Batman and Superman, but also people like uh, Supergirl, who was a new addition to this game, and the the Flash, and new characters like Firestorm and Blue Beetle. But I think everyone gets a moment. Everyone obviously gets a moment to shine in this game. Um, as for oh, I, sorry. Before I mention the, the gameplay, I'll mention the aesthetic, which I think is really cool. The super, the default superhero costumes are just, I will say, like amazing for every character, and you can still customize it with gear that you unlock in game, to make your character look however the way you want, and, and the game, um, they they did put out the DC movie versions of their costumes as unlockable pieces of gear, and I unlocked the entire, uh, Gal Gadot Wonder Woman outfit, and so I thought that was really cool. Unfortunately, it was a missed opportunity that they didn't bring in more costumes or, uh, for example, they didn't bring in the the costumes from the Arrow and Flash shows on the CW. I think that was a a big missed opportunity. So, and then I'm going to move on to the gameplay. I th- This was definitely the first fighting game that I learned to get good at. I tried to learn a, a bunch of the Green Arrow combos and memorize them and just be more fluid with them and I kinda got there. I I still I still wouldn't call myself like actually good at the game, but I definitely tried to be more in depth in terms of my play style. Uh, I think the combat is is much simpler than other fighting games, so it makes it really accessible. And there are some cool features like there's some environmental interactions, which I think they brought in from Mortal Kombat X, but there's also they have these like screen transitions for every stage that give this little cinematic. If you activate them, the the supers for each character is really they're, they're all really really cool. For example, Flash, he'll drag your character through time and slam you into the Sphinx, and then drag you the other way and slam you into a T Rex, and then he'll drag you back to the present and he'll hit you with the past version of yourself, which I think is just like is mind boggling. And, and you make, a, you make the, yeah. uh, them headbutt each other, right? Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. Um, and last thing I'll say is, like, the roster is just so... It, it covers a lot of ground. Um, a lot of your favorite characters are in it. Like, I love Supergirl. I love Firestorm. I love Blue Beetle. But, um, and of course, I have The Flash and Green Arrow. And their DLC characters are really good, too. Um... There's this animal woman that I forget her name. It, it escapes me, but I I knew I liked her, and they had some some more. They brought in some crossover content like Sub Zero from Mortal Kombat, 
and Hellboy and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They're, they went they went pretty bonkers uh, with, with DLC, which some with the community the community kind of liked and kind of disliked. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to say. Oh yeah, and a detail I really like is at the beginning of every match, the characters will square off and exchange a few lines of dialogue, and there's some really neat character interactions. Um, for every, for nearly every combination of fighter, unfortunately, I think this game during development it was it was around the same time as the video game voice actor strike, so some of the voice lines, they there was a lot of reused dialogue, and so some of the interactions. Yeah, like, I noticed that, man. Really? I yeah. I noticed that. It, it, they, I finally saved the story mode, so when it was. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't you didn't have to experience that, which is good. But uh, as someone that played, tried to like, test out like all these like different um, combinations, I really noticed the repetitiveness, and so that's just an unfortunate side effect of the real world. And hopefully, one day, if Injustice Three is made, it can have just like the full potential of of, of video game development, and it can be even more expansive. Sorry, I know I said a lot. Polar, go. No, I think I think I'll agree with a lot of the the things you were saying. Um... Just, just great. Where the voice acting was and in the story, I thought it was a mastercraft of a story. To be honest, they really nailed it. Um, I really felt like, like you said, each character got their time to shine, and each cameo was important. And I don't know. I just feel like you, as much as you can be invested personally in a superhero story, I think it got me hooked in, right? Uh, but I, although I will say on a side tangent, I do get tired of the uh, same ultimate every time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think with, with three, you know, like, it, it, I think I've seen it after like the 20th time. I think I'm good. Like, you know, like, they're awesome. They're really great. But then, like, you have to wait through it every single time. That gets to start to be a drag, at least for me personally. Um, I yeah. Other than that, they're, they're well done. I think they need more of them. All the animations are fluid. The, the fighting feels tight. And I never felt like it was the game messing me up when I lost. It was me not getting a handle of the controls all the way. Um... I think the the cosmetics were really cool, right? That was something I always wanted to chase, and like the, what was that like the metaverse? I can't remember the multiverse. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a really cool draw after the campaign. I probably played about ten more hours after I beat the campaign just with that. Um, I still suck at online fighting games, um, so, <laughs> so I had yeah, a bad I time. I dare try to like random match makes one because i know i'll get destroyed it, it was just sweat lords every every single match it was just <laughs> i mean i probably got like one or two total matches one actually and i feel like they were letting me win but uh <laughs> i never felt like there was any kind of like net code problems either so they seemed to have a handle on that as well um for me, I don't know if you officially said so. For me, it's definitely a play. Like if you if you like fighting games, if you like story games, even if you don't like fighting games, if you like story games and like 
the WB universe, right? I feel like that's a. I guess DC, right? Did they have WB stuff in there too, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you like that stuff at all, and you're really into story, like a good story, it's definitely a play for me. Yeah. I would 100 percent agree with you. Sorry, I I even say yeah, definitely play it, please. Your yeah, thoughts on? Uh, uh, so I only played the story mode like for about uh, five hours. Uh, I completed the entire story mode. So, uh, so the story mode really isn't that long. But then again, I was playing on very easy because I suck at fighting games. So, uh, yeah, there's that. But uh, I think the story was all right. Um, I know it continued off in Justice One, but I really I played in Justice One years ago, so I couldn't really remember exactly what happened. But, um, yeah, I still think it's a pretty fun game if you like fighting games or whatnot. Like I said, the story was a little okay for me. I kind of felt like, like Gaff was saying earlier, some characters just kind of felt shoehorned in there. And some some of them didn't really get a chance to shine. Like, uh, Blue Beetle and Firestorm, they were just kind of there for one section and then they just go away. And then they come back being, like, mind controlled, but they don't explain how oh, yeah. they got in that yeah. situation. They just come out of nowhere, and I'm like, "Where did like?" I'm like, "How did you guys get here? How did you guys get controlled?" I'm like, "Okay." And then there was also like this one dude, when you're playing as Green Lantern, one of the, I forgot his name, like Atricious or something like that, the Atrocitus. guy. Yeah, him. Yeah. He comes in for one fight and is never seen again. Yeah, they do shove okay, into yeah. those characters. Yeah, so like some characters just like come in, and you're like they're like you're like, why are you here? Why are you? Because they're on the roster. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah. oh, we just gotta put them on the wa- roster. Here we go. Same thing with like Swamp Thing. Like you fight him once, and then somehow Brainiac got control of him, and he's like not even an important character. He's just a guy who protects the swamps. And I'm just like, okay, this is a little weird why you're on here. But he had a tie-in with uh, Poison Ivy, though, so I think it kind of, I don't know. It was just saying, like, hey, the control is everywhere, right? Yeah. And then, I know know you said, like, Supergirl's supposed to be, like, an important part of the story, but I kind of felt like she didn't do too much, like... I don't, I don't know, like, just something about how they implemented her didn't feel too mm. meaningful, too meaningful, you know? And, like, I think the marketing, like, marketed her heavily, but I'm pretty sure. I can't remember Definitely. exactly. Definitely, yeah. Like, she didn't, she didn't feel too important in the story. But uh, I just want to, like, I, honestly, just, this, obviously, it's, like, spoilers, but, like, what ending did you guys choose? Because, you know, like, the final battle, you can choose between Batman or Superman. Oh, definitely uh, the ba- the Batman Spoilers. Oh, yeah, spoilers on your spoilers arc. You can do both. Oh yeah, I know you can do both, but like, you have to. I know you have to go back and do it, but like, just like only. Because there's a true ending after you beat both. Wait, really? Oh, really? Yep. I looked it up online. People were saying that it wasn't true, but okay then. I know okay. it said. So okay, I I don't know if it's true or if it's secret, but there's a third ending. Because I looked it okay. up, I wanted, to, I wanted to see what the trending was. But like, or, or like an extra scene if I'm right. But yeah, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe Google it real quick. But I think when you beat all of the scenes with all of the choices, that's when you get like an extended ending. Hmm. Okay, okay, what happens? Looked it up Spoilers. Because I, mean, I, I read up on the Superman ending, and it's like he just, uh, he imprisons Supergirl and uh, 
takes control of Batman. While the Batman yeah. ending, he sends Superman to the Phantom Zone, and yep. then him and Supergirl create recreate the Justice League. So obviously, maybe I think that's I'm the mistaken. better ending. Maybe I think that when you do your choice, you have to go beat the other scenes, and then you can get the other ending. That the choice of the other. Yeah, ending. I think I think that's, that's what, what it was. Because okay. I was. I was gonna go and do the other ending, but it's like, oh, you gotta do the other scenes from the other fights first. And I'm like, eh, I don't want to do that. I did it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I chose the Batman ending because I was like, I fight like obviously like Superman is the the bad guy in this story, right? So yeah, <laughs> I chose the the Superman ending first. You're a sociopath. <laughs> I regretted it, and that's why I played through all of the other scenes to get the Batman ending. <laughs> But yeah, like, uh, yeah, the sword mode's okay for me. I wouldn't say it's, like, the defining feature of the game, but it's nice that it's there. Obviously, it's the online features and all the other features that they have there. I didn't really touch them all, but, uh, yeah, I would say this game is a play if you like fighting games. For me, I wouldn't really touch it as much because I stuck at fighting games, but I still think it's a pretty good game, you know? So, that's three plays, um... Do we have the the queue up for the surprise me by chance? Well, th- thanks to some surprise intervention from Sam, we do have our next game pass or play game. And what would that be? Next week's game pass or play game is Alan Wake by Remedy. Alan Wake. I actually haven't played that yet. Me either, and it's a classic. I know. Awesome, because uh, I, I, you know, I like uh, Quantum Break and Control, so it'll be cool to see where I guess they got their popularity, right? Yeah. Uh, that's exciting. Um, I think though. Let me see here. Oh, I also just wanted to call out like a couple of voice actors in Injustice, too. By the way, because I recognize some of them. Like, obviously, Supergirl was Laura Bailey, and yep. uh, Reverse Flash was Liam O'Brien, who, if you don't know who that is, he plays Akihiko in Persona 3, and I was like, I was just like, hey, that's Damn. Akihiko. <laughs> nice. so, yeah, some of the voice actors, like, when, when you start hearing enough voice actors, you start to know who is who. Yeah. And, of course, I'm Kevin Conroy, voices Batman, with the yep. iconic Batman voice. Amazing. But yeah, oh. you guys want you guys want to throw in anything else before we end off the episode? Oh, I'm gonna interject about the the atrocious appearance. Um, yes, of course it was shoe. I mean, shoehorned in, but because of that, we get this really dope scene of uh Green Lantern fighting off the influence of the Red Lantern ring, and he says this really cool like Green Lantern oath, where he has to be like something along the lines of. Uh, the whitest light, the whitest day and the, the blackest nights or something. Yeah, that's I like the I, lantern uh, chair oath, right? Yeah, it's it's cool, man. It was super cool for that, and I think that's kind of why they did it, right? They're just like, all right, here's this character, here's Swamp Thing. Yeah, he's not a big part, but he's in there, and you can play with him as well as Atrocitus. But yeah, I I do agree with you, Ark. Yeah. Oh, I also do want to call. Like, I do like how they, how they, uh, how they continued it from Injustice One. Like how some of the, like how some of the superheroes regret being part of the regime, like Green Lantern and the Flash. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Like, they regret doing that, and they're, like, trying to gain the trust of uh, all the civilians again. But then that all yeah. goes to hell towards the end, where they start fighting each other again. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> but, yeah. So, uh, I think that's it for this week's episode of uh, X to Interact. This has been your host, Ark, and Gaff, and Polar, and Sam, but not being here, but, uh, yeah. He's here in spirit. He is huh? here. He he helps us from above. Indeed, he did. Alrighty. All right. All right we'll see Thank you guys you next guys. week. Yep. See Goodbye. you guys next week.